Welcome to the space where creators have aligned a positive and intellectual collab of open minds. For sharing and learning from one another, it's a vibe. We divorce a podcast on the mic. Subscribe, educators, spitting bars. I guess you didn't know I'm multifaceted and humble, taking off life goals. The classroom is my comfort zone where I plant and sow. Seeds of knowledge, compassion, empathy, and hope. Reading is the key to unlocking your potential. Countless benefits, including cognitive and mental. Regardless of the genre, books are highly influential. Go get yours, I'll get mine. Make you strive Monumental Come rock with me And get down to this new jam my friends I had a very simple plan Educate the masses Through books and life lessons It's a grand slam I'm out Salafa lover And welcome to the Reads with Rossa podcast I am so excited to introduce to you today's guest. He's an MC who hails from Otara, South Auckland. He is a father who is impacting the lives of our young people through his music academy and community service organization. Although growing up, he didn't really speak the Samoan language. He is now sharing our beautiful language and culture with the world through his storytelling as an artist. Welcome to the show, The Movement. <laughs> thank you, thank you, sis. I appreciate it, man. It's a blessing and an honor to be here. So honestly, to even think of me, it's, it's huge. So thank you, thank you for that. I'm excited, mm. bro, as you can tell. I'm so excited, man, it is such an honor. It is such oh. an honor, you know, to have you on the show to, uh, you know, share a little, about, a little bit about your journey. Um, mm. You know, because I I feel like a lot of us we see we hear the music from an artist and we think we know them, but I I'm just so excited because you get to actually speak to you know some of these rhymes that you've written, these lyrics, uh, the music that you've made. So I'm I'm really excited that people get to see the side of you today. Um, sure. yeah, how are you doing? You know, how is your family? How how are things? amidst COVID that is kind of still here, but you know. Mm. Um, things have been great. Um, lately I've been blessed with a few, a few opportunities. Uh, family is great as well, children are well. So um, yeah, uh, you know, COVID's here and still learning to adapt. Um, you know, it's a thing, it's an ongoing thing. So um, yeah, I've been great, man. I'm just keeping myself busy. Uh, even with, though with all these restrictions, it's starting to ease up. It's it's been great, honestly. I've I've been I've been wild. So, yeah, overall, it's been been dope. That's awesome. Great to hear. Well, before we kind of like launch into it with all these difficult questions I've got lined up for you, no, not really, but you know, before we get into it, I just want to you know uh, hand it over to you just to uh, shout out your villages, uh, your people, you know, mm -hmm. just to give some props. To your supporters, uh, tell us a little bit about yourself. Um, yeah, uh, myself, my, both of my parents are Samoan. Uh, we're from a, I'm from a religious family. Uh, mother's from Pangalo Bay in Samamea. My father's from Solo Solo. And um, yeah, they migrated over years ago. And, you know, um, you know just uh, raised up in a typical Samoan religious family, you know. Uh, we were very poor, but we, you know, we had a lot of faith, a lot of faith with church and also, uh, yeah, uh, myself, uh, you know, born and bred in Otara, um, just been, uh, been working with music, just dealing with all that stuff. Uh, um, what do you call it? Uh, myself, uh, being blessed to be 
to be an MC representing my my city um, actually with a lot of a lot of those who were there before me, like uh, the likes of Erman and mm-hmm. uh, uh, Mr. Sick, uh, the Colorway Camp. You had Face Killer as well, so um, having that around me um, was a huge influence. So for myself to actually get into hip hop was through these guys, and they were my local friends and you know my close friends. Mm-hmm. So. Being able to be around these guys helped me uh, mold my sound and also uh, influenced me into to writing and um, to creating content. So, um, yeah, so music became a path for me um, where I felt like I was accepted and felt like I was good at it. Uh, you know, where myself being a, a, a Samoan boy from Ōtara, where I lacked uh, identity. So, um you know, I was raised up in this uh, in this neighborhood, and yeah, um, yeah, I was just you know raised up with music and a whole lot of experience. So, um, mm-hmm. and that's what I do with my music. I, I I talk about my experiences in life, and and that's why I have that sort of connection and engagement with a lot of my listeners because I feel like they relate to a lot of my stories. So, yeah, just. Mm-hmm. Um, this your yeah, just raised up out in Ōtara, uh moved over to uh, Queensland as well. Uh, been doing a few things out there, and then um, also come yeah, coming back and forth, you know, back here in Ōtara and helping out my my city, you know, just trying mm. to uplift it, um, just creating avenues and platforms for the children. So mm. yeah, uh, that's pretty much it. That what I get into. So yeah, you know, you mentioned some of your local um, MCs. Uh, you know, that mm. you kind of like looked up to, worked with. And I was wondering, like, that's the local scene uh, in terms of like uh, rap, you know, the rap game. But who were some MCs uh, like overseas? Like who were some, you know, rappers overseas that you grew up like totally hooked on and really aspiring to kind of like, oh, I want to be like that guy because the way he's telling his stories, man, that's mind blowing. Like who were some of those for you? Um, my one will be because I was a huge Ghetto Boys fan. So, um, as a kid, uh, being surrounded by a whole lot of uh, Houston rap, even some West Coast rap. So, um, my my older brother was the one who got me onto some Easy E. So, um, which led on to all the other hip hop. So, where I'm from, um, a lot of gangster rap gets put out uh, where we where we're from. So I was highly influenced with uh, an artist called Scarface, who was a, oh, yes. a, a member of the Ghetto Boys. And uh, I was just in love with the way he used his pen and also his aggression, uh, his how he emphasizes words, uh, his storytelling. So mm. that's where I sort of got my my niche of you know, telling stories through my music. So Scarface played a huge uh, impact. Um, I'm a I'm a huge fan of um uh who who else? I say I'm I'm an Ice Cube fan as well. So I love Ice Cube. Um who I'm a Nas fan as well. I love Nas mm-hmm. cuz I love the way he uses words uh and how how he fits a lot of words into a sentence and uh into an a bar. I was just very very talented and I just love his style, you know, it just just really, really um, vivid with the way he paints pictures. So, mm-hmm. yeah, uh, those are pretty much. I, I love a lot of hip hop, so that's a pretty hard question. <laughs> uh, yeah, those are three top three that I can put 
Yeah, put up there, so yeah, pretty much. So, you know, like growing up, like obviously, you know, you love storytelling, um, but where where were you first introduced to music? Like you've mentioned that you're, you know, you came from your parents, you know, religious family. Uh, was it through church or were you, you know, were you um, like a music student at school? Like where did you first find that love for anything related to music? Church. Um, church. So church taught us how to hold a note, you know. Uh, being from a religious family, we were at Bessie's all the time, mm. we had choir practices, you name it. Even when we didn't want to, we were there. So um, <laughs> a lot of it, you know, and it was our safe space, you know, it was our safe mm. space back then. You know, we were young, so when we did go to church, it was just to congregate with others that were our age. Also, mm. uh, you know, we didn't really understand it back then, you know, because uh, a lot of uh, language barriers, uh, because I came from a real cultural church. Mm. So um, I was really there just to reconnect with a lot of my friends and family, and um, and honestly, it was my safe space. You know, I go there to sing hymns, and those mm -hmm. hymns actually, you know, um, I, I felt like I was actually good at something when at a young age. So, you know, church, uh, keeping it a musical background, um, yeah, that was pretty much it. Eh? So, mm -hmm. uh, which connected me to other people who got into the same type of music, and yeah. Pretty much that, just church, hey. Yeah. Do you play any? Do you play any instruments though? Like, uh, yeah. I, I'm, I'm seeing that you you're a pretty good singer. Then, if you can hold a note, but do you play like the gats? Do you play the piano or, you know, like? You know, I say that I say no. Nah, I don't play any instruments, but I, I do say that I, I'm a good singer in the shower. Oh. You know, so oh, I'm hey. one of those. <laughs> Out of the shower, you know, I'm a bit of a good singer in there, so okay. but it doesn't come out. It doesn't come out, so. But yeah, um, I wish I did, you know. Um, but no, I use the the voice, the vocal, yeah, as my <laughs> instrument. So, um, that's what it is, so. <laughs> you know, I was wondering um, because you know now you are, um, I mean, you are heavily involved in like you know giving back to your community. You know, you are definitely someone who is an advocate for our young people, um, and really, you know just giving back to the streets that you came from, right? And I was wondering, like, what is it like for you now as a motivational speaker, you know, now as someone who actually goes into the schools and gives that mm. encouragement to our young people, yet you were someone that used to get kicked out of school. Like, what, man, what? you know, like, doing it's like 360. Tell Very us tough. what that is like for you. Uh, humbling, humbling moment, man, because honestly, all those schools that kicked me up, I've visit, <laughs> visited all of them as a motivational speaker. So mm. honestly, um, it's, 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 quite, it's a crack up, eh? Like just turning up to the school and I just knowing what I was like back then, I was like, you little, you know, you little brat. <laughs> but, um, but, you know, being in a different light as well, because now I'm seeing it, you know, as a parent and mm. also because I was their child. So uh, just trying to translate the information and in the most simplest way you know for our children you know it's um also the engagement these days you know you got to capture mm. them from the jump because uh the, what do you call it the tolerance level now is so minimum they you know if you disengage mm. from what you're whatever you're saying they just snap they're just done you know? they ain't gonna listen to the rest of the stuff so mm. um it's important just just trying to trying to be that og that i needed you know um 
just changing the narrative. I'm just out there just trying to uplift the children, providing them with options. You know, uh, back in my time, we only had three options, but now we have, you know, we have 20,000 or even more options now for the children. So just reminding them, and, um, you know, just reminding them what they have uh, and sort of just trying to remind them about their self-worth. Because, you know, back in my day, I, I, I found it hard trying to know who I was. Uh, you know, I know as a child, I know as a teen, you're still trying to find that. So um, I'm just trying to make the transition a whole lot easier for our children, pretty much. But um, it's, it's been great. It's been great. It's been humbling. I've been going back to these schools and um, I've been getting a lot of good feedback from our students. So, um, you know, and if, if those who are wanting more um, catch up after that session, they... I offer my service to, to our children to have one-on-one -on -one sessions. So just creating that space for our children where they can feel free and open up and trying to normalize talking. So, but it's been cool. It's been cool going back to these schools. Yeah? And seeing the changes as well. Seeing the changes as well. Like, uh, the school system and how much it's changed. You know, I've seen all these things like uh, free lunches. They're giving out free lunches to these schools. Uh, School fees are affordable now. So these are the things I sort of look into, especially with the service that I'm providing today. So, mm. yeah, it's been awesome. I think it's great that you go back and you give back in that way because I feel like, um, as you mentioned, you know, um, some of those hardships that students are experiencing in your neighbourhood, in your neighbourhoods, um, You've mm -hmm. you've been you've walked in those steps in those footsteps and so I feel like a lot of the, your stories will resonate and like you said it's engaging and it's something that mm -hmm. they can relate to so I think it's great you. that you're out there doing that and connecting with our youth and that just real like one on one I'm not talking down to you but I'm at your level kind of thing I think That's it's right. so cool bro straight up thank you. Yeah. Um, I wanted to, you know, ask you about Machete District, um, Sabelu Gang. Can you um, tell us a little bit about that uh, that group? Uh, how did you come together? Yeah, what's the history there, if you could? Um, yeah, yes. We, um, Machete District, um, it's a collective. Uh, there was like three of us. So it was myself, Poetic, and Smooth. So um me myself as an artist because i was uh doing things independently by myself but um i've always wanted to feel i just always wanted to belong somewhere so mm -hmm. i've always had this thing in the back of my mind where i wanted to create a group where uh but just finding out what type of group that was so um just enhancing on that facade more you know um something you know just you know um just being proud Samoans in the songs. And also uh, within my culture, uh, if you were to create content, it has to be really, really respectful. You know, there's, uh, you gotta be mindful of the stuff that you say. So the approach that me and the boys, we, we wanted to become the Polynesian NWA. So, mm. you know, going against the grain and just making an impact in that sense, you know, where Sabellos were used as our tools, as our brand, and um, just just coming out with that sort of thing, because, you know, there's a lot of Samoans here in New Zealand, so um, just being that group and where our people can stand staunch. So, uh, the you know, we, uh, at the time, uh, Smooth was living in 
Brisbane and uh, myself, I was living in Melbourne at the time and Poetic was living in Sydney. Mm. Um, and yeah, we made things work between the three states. You know, we started um, doing music and one thing led to another. Um, it was just all great times, man. You know, we were just all pushing for the one movement and that was to represent that flag. And yeah, yeah man. Um, uh, we got to do a lot of music, uh, got a huge fan base where a lot of our people were so proud of the music that we made, or the albums we toured as well. And um, yeah, you know, um, it, was, it was a great moment, you know, so I, I wouldn't change it for one bit. So it was a great hip hop moment. So mm -hmm. love the boys as well. So, yeah. That's yeah. awesome. Uh, thank you for sharing that. I wanted to talk about anonymous shout out to Feimu. shout out to the bro Feimu. i Feimu. want to, yeah i want to um before i get into your you know your album and your your music i want to talk about this uh amazing relationship that you have with the uh brother uh producer uh anonymous mm. how far do you go back how did you all connect yeah i mean <laughs> Oh, that, yeah, that goes way back. Um, so I met the Uso Fayumu Anonymous through the Uso Ehrman. Uh -huh. So the Uso Ehrman was working on the Powerful Blood album mm. um, at the time, and uh, Anonymous was doing the production. So me having ties with Ehrman back in the day, but this is when the movement was a two-man group. So it was mm. myself and I had my cousin at the time. So um uh, Anonymous had a studio uh, based out in Mangere at the time, and um, we came in to actually do the vocals for a song called Ōtara Gangsters, which was recorded at um, the Bro's house. So, and that was the first time I caught up to Uso, and we just came in. Um, he was a huge fan of our stuff because we started putting stuff out back in the day, but they were like local street stuff, so he knew where we came from, and he was a huge fan. So when we came in there, we just did what we did and we laced that song and the rest was history you know uh, i walked out of that booth just thinking like man that mic that that guy had was crazy good like i couldn't get over the the sound he had and mm -hmm. how how easy he made things like he was while i was recording the verse the dude was making the remix and the <laughs> while i was recording my verse of the actual song so <laughs> and it was just mind-blowing because i was like this guy is really good on the keys so um my relationship with this guy, yeah, it just led from one project to another and things were just easier mm -hmm. back then, you know. We just started connecting and vibing really, really easy. Uh on and off you know, on and off the mic, you know. Um we we got into a lot of things. Uh we had the same uh love for music. Mm -hmm. Uh also uh the way we looked at music was differently. We we really, really, really look into it like within depth, you know, mm. in the music thing. I do what I do with the uh, the writing. So I try and create pictures through my pen and he does mm. the same with the way he does sound. This guy here is so, he's such a crazy dude, like such a genius with what he does. So we created the stuff because the bond just got stronger and stronger because mm. we really got into the music and um, we started picking each other's brains. It just got to the point that, you know, we started sharing music and sharing ideas. And uh, I'm, I'm a real visionary type of person. So 
when I go overseeing him, I tell him all my ideas. I said, imagine if we did this, imagine if we do this, and he'll be like, he can see it. And that's the, mm. the cool thing about it is that when I go talking these ideas to other people, some people don't understand it. People will look at him like, this guy's crazy. But I'm like, no, <laughs> honestly, it's not that. But he's a guy that understands it. He was like, I see that. And I said, can you see it? All right, cool. And then when we have this chemistry, when we create the content, it's crazy. So it turns out the way it is. So within South Auckland, we're looked at as probably Snoop and Dre here. So we have oh. that chemistry. You know what I mean? That's so what's up. I don't mind it. They look at me and him as Snoop and Dre here. So whenever we do a song, it's just gonna it's gonna be easy. You know, we got that connection and that vibe. So yeah, man. So but that's my brother, man. You know, one of he's the illest on the beats, man, and I can say that. So it's cool. I love the two. Um, I want to touch upon your first album, but I want I will come back to Feimu later. We'll come back to Anonymous later and some of the other work you you all have done. But I mean, he is he features heavily in terms of production and beats on on just your your work, you know your yeah. um so your body of work. So I want to talk about transition of a madman. Um, you know, my brother is a huge fan. Lani is a huge fan of yours and. When we were talking about uh, your music, because he got me onto your music, he was like, "You know what? You need to look." He knows I love. He knows I'm a huge hip hop fan, love rap. He was like, "He knows what I like." But he's like, "You listen to this." So I think it might have been last year, maybe the year before. He's like, "Listen to this guy." And so when he talks about your music, he was saying to me, like, for him, like transition of a madman, he feels like that's like. It's so raw. It's like a lot of heavy themes in there, right? And he's like, you could ask him about this. I was like, I, I got this. I got this. And yeah. actually, I've I've I want to talk about it because you know, you know, some of these tracks on this album are super deep. And you know, as I'm listening to it, I'm just really thinking about the mindset, like your creative process in this. So um, first of all, the album title, before we get into some of the songs, the album title, why? Why that? Why did you choose that? Um, Transition of a Madman was a part of my life where I was transitioning from uh, one world to another. And uh, my life in the industry back in the day, it was a very tough one. So um I, will, I got you know, as a juvenile, I got caught. I got caught up in a lot of all sorts of bad trouble. Made some bad decisions, and um, got got involved. So as I said again, I was trying to find who I was. You know, the lack of character. Uh, just didn't know who I was. While I was doing that, I was out in the in the streets. So mm -hmm. doing what I what I did and uh, just making bad choices. Um, while I used to make ends meet, I used to a lot of bad criminal activities back in the day just to, mm. to help my mother you know um just to help my mother get by but that was all i was good for so uh back in my day uh a lot of local gang members used to tell me that i needed to leave the life they said you are so talented that you shouldn't be here you should be on that stage representing our neighborhood um and then um got to the point i couldn't even work for them anymore they sent me away and they told me to start pursuing this this passion that I had. Um, transition was my transition into the industry. Um, I was radio band uh, before everything came out because of my character, because of the people I was involved with. Um, but, you know, these are people that I grew up with. These are people that are, you know, when I was a kid, like I couldn't 
help it. These are my good friends. So um, it wasn't, they didn't, they didn't appreciate that. So for me to try and get in the industry was quite hard. Like they wouldn't accept me. Even artists today, like didn't accept me back then. Um, even when I did release my album, they wouldn't accept Auto the Hip Hop. Because Auto the Hip Hop is categorized as gangster rap and then there's New Zealand hip hop. Mm. So that pushed aside. So but um in in saying that with that album I wanted to prove the industry that I could rap. Mm. So a lot of the um a lot of the, the, the uh songs on that album is based on my reality. Um stuff that I went through. Um, mm. a song called Broken Pick Fence where it talks mm. about my relationship with my my parents. Mm. Um, also, um, I have like other songs called Daddy Loves You, where it's based on my relationship with my children when uh, my ex partner at the time took off with my children and mm. just to hurt. So, you know, um, and saying that, you know, music really, really saved my life, mm. and that's how I treat. The, the the music, how I treat the process, I treat it as a therapy. Um, um, mm. You know, you have those who chase dollars and all that stuff. But really, this is the stuff that kept me alive. And, and um, that album was really raw and deep, man. And um, mm. as you can tell, when you play the album, it starts off really uh, on a minor chord, and you know it's really mm. really minor. And it starts to lighten up as you go through the album. Mm. But um, it was pretty much based on my transition into the industry and hopefully the industry would accept me for who I am and that, you know, that there is a good side in me and, you know, I can rap even though I came from, you know, as, um, just to not judge me. But um, mm. that's, that's what it was, transition of a madman. I love that album, you know. Mm. I love that album because during those times when, that, when I was creating that album, uh, I was going through a lot of gang issues. So in order for me to try and take off to the studio and record my album, I had to have one earpiece on and the other off mm. because people were out to kill me at the time. Mm. So, well, so that's what I mean. That's how dear the album is to me because the moment and the journey that I had during that time, I wasn't in a good space. Mm. But I thrive with pain. I thrive with a lot of pain. So, mm. you know, if I'm in a real dark space, I know I can create the most epic song mm. yeah I, I mean you know I I've, I had to start with the album because I think it doesn't get enough flowers like I feel like recent you know obviously the undisciplined sun comes later we'll talk about that soon um and I think that gets you know obviously that gets a lot of recognition and whatnot but I feel like you have to really like the word transition and in its entirety and and in this body of work is just yeah. oh my god it's so epic bro like okay I, i'm not gonna let you get away real quick on that one because yeah, i want cool, to through some fine. of these things right because yeah. like um you know when you listen to a lot of albums there's that always that beginning introduction right but this mm. introduction let me tell you the transition of a madman is the intro to this album yeah. There are so there are just so many like points in this very and I think I can't remember how long it is maybe just under two minutes or something but mm -hmm. in this introduction it gives it's so heavy so let me tell you some of the stuff that 
it, like you listen to it and it's like whoa oh damn another one oh another one. it's just it's just firing away so you know you're like talking about a long time coming thought you'd never make it caught up in a yep. cycle um, and yep. then, you know, whether you're going to break that cycle, be dead or go to jail, which you've kind of alluded okay. to a lot of promises made, but people giving you Jack, even when you mm. work hard, people never gave you your shot. You talk about yep. it's my time. Music is my life. And there's the pros and the cons of the business, but you keep going back to hard work has paid off. Then you yep. go on to say, you know, I'm not looking for credits. I'm just trying to do me. I, I want to do me. And you talk about like, you've already mentioned it in the interview. It's all for this passion and love for hip-hop then you say yep. you this line that i found so interesting because i feel like this was a few years ago but it still applies today because you say you've watched others do it and die out with the trends instead of making music with a cause and you can actually take that line and go bro that still applies today it's just you know the the cycle of news and even music coming out you're you know, famous one minute and disappear the next as these trends just come and go. You I'm go on, you know, you say uh, you're on a, um, you've, you know, you're on a mission to do it wholeheartedly so that every time, you, when you're on that stage, you're giving it all, right? You say you had no keys to the door, no one guided you, um, no one led you, you know, in terms of telling your story, but you're, you're going to kick down that door and you're going to let that story unfold. But Charles, mm. by that stage of the introduction, I'm like, oh my God, what else can hurt me? But do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like it's so heavy and powerful. And it's a real short snippet of what's to come mm -hmm. in the rest yeah. of the album. And then you say transition of a madman, a lesson that is learned from, and then you talk about like life and then depression. And then it's mm. this part, the confession through the hurt. And so you mentioned Broke It, Picket Fence, which is the next song. Yeah. Then you mentioned... Um, what is it? Um, Daddy Loves You, which is so heartbreaking. And even then, it's like, I think in that song, where you uh, there's this line where you talk about uh, being, like maybe being teary-eyed in the booth, like it, and even on the video, it's just like, it's this really dark, but powerful moment. So <laughs> I know I'm being like, so like, ex just uh, over the uh, top with my whole like. <laughs> um, uh, but <laughs> Thank you. Ah, thank you. Also, like, honestly, like, that, yeah, like, just, how you just put that all together, like, it has been slept on. Like, thank you for that. Like, like honestly. This goes over everyone's heads. Yeah. But, ah. you know, no, very, but I got that hot. Let me just, let me just throw this one in, in there because this hook is so sad. Like, this hook, I feel like it resonates with many of us, you, we all walk different paths, but there's these things that you say in this the broken picket fence. And the hook is like, mm -hmm. I'm so sorry that I wasn't good enough to be the son you dreamed I could be. I know I was a father not fit enough to be around when you needed me, but I worked so hard day by day to be as positive as I can be. No white picket fence here, just broken dreams. Just have a little faith in me. Let me be. And these this kind of it's like this like self-motivation that you're giving you like encouragement, you know, really trying to like tell yourself, you know, this is what I've been through, but you just remain so positive, like in the midst of all these heavy uh rhymes and and heavy like experiences that you're speaking on there's just this flicker of hope all the time and i'm like how how is something so raw and heavy 
and really kind of heartbreaking. How do you remain? That's my question. How do you remain so optimistic, bro? How do you make, how do you, where does that hope and that yearning to be better and to do life over, where does that come from for you? Because when you look at this, and I know this was a few years ago, you've, you've obviously your journey has taken a different path now, but bro, if you can go back to that time, like how were you able to keep going? Okay. I would say my imagination. I would say my imagination. Mm. I, had, I had, um, because you know we, we were a very poor family. I had a lot of dreams though. So everything was you know I was dreaming about it. Like I'm gonna, I'm gonna do that. I'm gonna do that. Um, I was I inspired myself. Like I had to look at them. Like you know I'm gonna be this. I'm gonna prove wrong. I'm gonna prove my family wrong. You know I was very high on proving people wrong. Like when people said, you can't do that, that was me. I'm like, all right. They said, I can't do that. I'm going to try and do it. And, you know, I'll go 100 on it, uh, you know. But all this stuff here uh, allowed me to uh, listen to myself and find out what's going on inside here and how do I feel, like being content and knowing what it feels like inside. And then at the same time, putting it on a pen and just making sure I do justice on it. Like I was like, man, and when I do that, because... I create these songs for my self therapy. That mm. when I do them, I'm like, wow, yeah, this is faith. You know, I, I got faith here, and I hope that for the stuff. Um, but honestly, uh, it was a very, very tough journey, and music allowed me to see my worth. Um, I, I felt like I tapped into my niche, and I started, um, you know, every time I started writing my feelings uh, on the on a piece of pen and paper, like. I was just always drawing pictures, just drawing whatever that comes up to my mind. And I'm always well, like just aware of what, what's going on and how I'm feeling. I'm high on energy. So, you know, uh, with all that stuff, I knew that something was wrong. And mm. knowing that like, because I came from a, uh, a life of abuse, violence, you name it, substance abuse. I came from all of that. Um, and some things that I've seen in my life I should have not seen as a kid. So... But these are the things that you know, I was faced with. Yeah, and then knowing that these little things were sort of like causing me issues, you know, I'm like, you know, I'm always reflecting on life and seeing what went wrong here. Like, how does that work? Like, uh, and then having some sort of ownership, knowing what, what I did wrong and just learning. There's always learning and trying to do better every time. So honestly, with the music, it allowed me to... to vent because i didn't have psychologists back then you know I, my og if i was to explain how i'm feeling to my og there will probably be a, you know so yeah, yeah. just because back in our time we had to be tough and smart, so, so we weren't able to talk so um that was my escape was able to just to write write my feelings on, on pen and paper and jot it down and create lyrics over them and um yeah yeah pretty much that was it hey just learning mm. who i was and just trying to be more content with my writing as well like making sure that whatever i write is the truth that mm. whatever because honestly it's just like like was with a lot of the music that i created i got a lot of emails and a lot of good feedback from people and it sort of helped him. And, you know, when they send me messages like that, I know that I've done my service. That's my job is to heal those with my music and my word. It's 
never about money. It's always about self-healing or whether my stories can reflect with them and they can, you know, relate to them and, and hopefully it sort of brings them some sort of light to whatever the whatever the issue is going on. So I'm really, really high on depression, you know, depression, because I know what, you know, us polys go through that stuff. So um, I go heavy on that stuff. So And also a lot of our um, cultural differences that we have, you know, where we are now living in New Zealand or in Australia or the U.S. and uh, the culture is not the same where we were living. Mm -hmm. So um, it, it, it's pretty much just kept me grounded, you know, with uh, making sure that I deliver the best message out there with my music. I know mm -hmm. a lot of that stuff was sort of like a bad buzz, from, but it, it, it made me uh, want to do it even more, you know. Uh, I know I was sort of like a lot of people were out, out for me at the time, but I felt like yeah. I need to do this. This is my ticket out, you know. Um, back then, I was thinking Otara, I was going to be stuck in Otara. And um, honestly, unfortunately, like, like a lot of people from my neighborhood, neighborhood can't even see further than Otara. Like mm. Otara in their small little world. So for me, it was my ticket out, you know, doing that. So even though the types of issues I was going through, the, um, I was just making sure that I'm going to tick all these boxes because I deserve to be happy. So that was part of the transition, like just trying to move on from all the past trauma, the stuff that's stuck in my city that doesn't, it's not going to describe who I am, but I'm, mm. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to come out of this. So that was it, man, pretty much. So, yeah. yeah. That was beautiful, bro. That was right here. Um, you know, in terms of, um, you've been mentioning your writing, are you someone that needs to, like because you work with anonymous you know um in terms of the production and beats and things like that do you need to listen to the beat in order to write or are you someone who just generally you write a lot of things down and then kind of play around once you hear the beat what's your process like uh yeah i need to hear the beat the beat needs to be um aligned with our concept mm. like i need to like if it's going to be a sad song it has to feel sad so in order for me to deliver the lyrics, that's going to be, you know, just going to carry that sort of mood. So, um, uh, yeah, with myself, I like to listen to the beat because they might give me a funky ass beat and the song is probably a sad concept. I'm like, right, right. come on, I'm all about beats. So, um, really, really visionary with the beats though. Like um, I've had a lot of uh, scenarios and been fortunate enough to, for the, con uh, the content to actually come into fruition so i've had songs like uh daddy loves you where it's based yes. on that type of stuff um also uh where matt little yeah it's just just crazy even master as well like yeah i heard the beat i know that you know this is gonna be it you know and then i push forward to actually making sure that is all aligned and that it works that way mm. so I, I like to listen to the V day. I like I need to listen to it. Mm -hmm. And if I can't feel what they're looking for, then I'll, I'll get back and be honest and say, you know what, it's just not hurting. Mm. Um, it's not hurting. Let's keep looking. Let's keep looking for something that hurts. So yeah, it needs to hurt right here in the fuck to we. So. Wait, right, right there, bro. <laughs> right there, right there, right there. You know, Anonymous is such a genius, and you two together as a team is oh my. Oh yeah. my gosh, that is just oh. epic on levels of like I can't even. <laughs> but bro, let's let's while we're here because you know the Undisciplined yep. Sun uh, EP uh, dropped in 2017, yep. 
And on that, on that, <laughs> I mean, there's other songs I want to talk about, but since you mentioned Master, let's go into it, right? So, yep, yep. I mean, you, I know you've been giving your flowers over and over, but I don't care. I'm going to give you your flowers. Anyways, again, just, you know, this featured <laughs> on the Hobbs and Shaw soundtrack, man. You and Anonymous. Thank oh, my gosh. Bro, something else. So you have these just amazing Samoan MCs that join you on this track. You know, um, I read on this article that um, you said this is more than just music. This is an anthem for our people. Mm -hmm. um, and I want to ask you, bro, what was it like to proudly wave that Samoan flag to the world, to Hollywood, to anyone who was looking, tell us about it. Yeah, that was, it was huge. You know, you know the fact that you know um, to be on that scale, that scale was crazy great, and, and and also from how it came to be, like from a car park at Hungry Jackson mm. and in <laughs> uh, Kedron in North Brisbane, mm. me and the bro anonymous from that, from making from conversations like that. Uh, and making those decisions where he gave me that beat because the beat was initially for another project that he was working right. on. So when he played it to me, I said, what's this for? And he told me, and he was like, it's for this this project. I'm like, how can I get my hands on it? And he goes, what are you going to do with it? And I said, I'm going to do this. And I created the master track in that car right there mm -hmm. and then. I said, I want to do this song. I want to do a song where I'm proud of my culture. And because of that, because this is a dream that I've been, I've been thinking about this years. You know, when I started as a rapper, I'm like, man, I've always wanted to do a Samoan, uh, mm. you know, an all-star rap, you know, rap thing, you know. And, and that came to that moment. But uh, because when I spoke to Matt, you know, he was too busy digging into his food, and he was like, really? <laughs> yeah. And I took action straight away, straight away. Um, and also. Um, we recorded the verse, uh, just to sort of start, start it off, and then I send it out to the boys. Uh, a lot of the MCs turned the song away as well, turned down the song. Um, yeah, they're kicking themselves hard now. Yeah. Um, uh, but it is what it is. So, you know, um, one thing led to another. Everyone just came through. But all the artists as well didn't know what was going on. Like, they hadn't heard everyone else's verses. They only heard theirs. So um, me and Anonymous yeah, did our thing yeah, and started creating this magic and and then we created a master. So the song was originally called Manu 91. Mm. So you're talking about the Manu Samoa back in 1991. I was a huge fan and mm. for myself being a Samoan, um, once I heard that this, the, this rugby team was coming out straight from the islands from Samoa and it was a huge thing. So creating that song was uh, an epic thing and also it was during the time of the mmt uh with the world cup mm. um samoa wasn't doing too well that time so you know uh we you know we thought we'll just create this song called master sort of you know sort of uh, uplift our people and let them know it's okay we'll just <laughs> next season <laughs> so well, this one was um and, and it's crazy because you know now like me and anonymous we we we, we don't take moments for granted so mm. whenever time we are together and we create these ideas, we don't we don't realize oh we know that some of these ideas will go anywhere, you know. So we're always content with the moment, especially with creating mm. the content. So yeah, man. It's an epic story too, man, honestly. 
That track is so fire. Like, honestly, I watched when Hobbs and Shaw got released here in Japan. Like, I was watching yeah. that in the theater. We tried not to kang you. I was so emotional. Like, and you know, it wasn't even just, it was the fact knowing, it was like knowing about the song, but then also just seeing so many brown faces on screen. I mean, that was, right. you know, I'm here in Japan, sitting there in a theater oh, with my Filipino friend, surrounded by Japanese nice. people, and I'm just seeing my fellow people on i mean yeah, bro, yeah, that yeah. was a whole nother i was feeling some kind of uh, way to be honest <laughs> yeah that would have been cool though especially where you are that would have been epic, bro, man. man it was so fire i was just like i need a my friend was like you all right i was like i need a moment give me a moment um so just like you know i did ask you about um your first album that dropped so in terms of the undisciplined son uh because there's two other tracks i want to talk about on this where yeah. did the how did you come up with the name for this because it was like you know you had a bit of a you were working on other things and then you finally dropped this in 2017 this ep yeah. how did you come up with why undisciplined is it because yeah sorry go ahead I, I, again you know we'll go, it goes back to the the question that we had where i go visit these schools again and mm. you know, that 360 moment that I had. So um, okay. it, it goes it goes to a, a, a moment in my life where, uh, again, trying to discover who I am. And, you know, I say, trying to discover who I am. Really, I've been all about it. During those times, I uh, went to all sorts of schools. And, and just you know, me being in this different light scene, how tough I was, but just misunderstood, you know, mm. um, misunderstood child. So um, those those years over in Samoa was a very, uh, was a very, what would you call it, a humbling moment mm. for me. Like uh, my parents sent me over to Samoa to look after my grandparents, you know, being mm. this troubled person. So they removed me from all my privileges and, um, uh, sent me over there and and actually just to live off the land and see what my parents went through. And, you know, my parents, they told me these stories, telling me how much they ate and what they, what they ate. And I didn't believe them until I got sent over there. When I went over there and I got to live it firsthand and see mm. what my parents went through. Um, so, but, you know, I was sent there as the undisciplined son. So, Sent there for being the Ulavali kid, and back in our day, um, that was the common threat to send our children, who are those mm. who were playing up, to send them back to the islands. Um, not just Samoans, you know, Tongans, cookies as well, the Fijians, mm. they all did that. So, um, yeah, and it's just talking, highlighting. Um, uh, within that album, I really wanted to talk more on my, my, my culture uh, mm. and who I was. With that album, I think it actually found who I am, uh, who I am. It actually just created the style that I needed because, you know, like all these other MCs, they're all trying to find their style um, mm. in the beginning process of, of, of the hip hop thing. But on that album, it uh, solidified my my style where it was going to add the Ngana Samoa into some of my rhymes. And um, also my punchlines are more punchlines that we could relate to. I don't mm. use American or other places that I'm not familiar about as my punchlines. So 
Um, yeah, just making sure that, you know, that I eat and breathe and rep being a Samoan and being proud who I am as well. So, um, yeah, yeah, that, that album there, uh, The Anticipated Sun was purely based on that, you know, going over mm-hmm. to Samoa, having my experience over there, then coming back, returning as that sun. So, um, being in a different light. So, yeah. Pretty much that. Yeah, that the graduated song is actually the first song of yours that I had ever listened to. That's my brother goes, listen to this. Right. And I was like, What? What? <laughs> hey! I was like, oh, this is so different. Okay, hold up, hold up. Then I went back and then listened to the whole album. Then I went back and listened to the transition, you know, your first album that dropped. Yeah. So it was just real mind-blowing to me. I was just like, Hey, okay. Mm-hmm. Um is this guy getting his flowers or what? Like, you know, I was just like, oh. just this whole different style of music. Um, but yeah, I love the whole, that focus on the culture and our language. Mm-hmm. And I love that you've talked about identity. Um, and I, I'll get back, I'll get into that soon, but I wanted to talk about my favorite song uh, on that album. So for those listening or watching, check out um, The Undisciplined Sun. Obviously, Graduated, the very first song on their EP is it's so epic and I really love the video that goes with it like it speaks volumes right Mm -hmm. because of course you hear it but the visual just brings this whole other layer to storytelling so Mm. I just you know you know I love you and anonymous I love the work that you guys do um so check it out fam if you're watching if you've never listened to any of the movements music other than master (laughs) I mean that's cool but you gotta check out his other his other body of work so I want to talk about no doubt about it which is the second song on the EP because I you know, after listening to the Transitions album, I listened to that a lot. But then when I think about this album and especially that song, it's like 360. That's when I look at the song. And I might, this is just my interpretation and I could be totally yep. wrong. For me, yep. I, I listen to it and I'm like, yo, he's gone 360. Because as always, it's this ode to South Auckland, right? Where you're giving back. This is, you know, shouting out your, um, just your origin, where you came from always and will always be South Auckland and then you know you talk about uh like the codes of the street you know code of the streets you then you talk about like you know knowing how it's like looking at us for who we are know how we know the slang know how we speak and then you get a seat at the table kind of thing and then you talk about like how you handle the beef on the street so I'm listening to this oh yeah okay so I'm, I'm hearing this yep I get it this is where it's so where are you going next and then you start talking, um, but you keep saying this thing, you know, don't make a also say it again. You start talking about yeah. the industry and having to do whatever it takes. I'm like, oh, okay, yo, okay, so I've heard that. Where is he taking where is he taking the listener next? Then you start talking about getting radio time, which you just, you know, you talked about earlier, the difficulty of getting yeah. that. But now in this song, you're like, yo, I'm getting radio playtime. Then you're like, I'm flying overseas. I'm doing, you know, you're like, I'm like, oh. And then you talk about you're proving like non-believers mm-hmm. wrong, right? You're yep. actually, and, and there's this funny part, but I don't think it's meant to be funny, but where you're just like, yo, I'm getting features now and getting paid to do That's it. Like, you cool. know, and I'm like, yeah. oh, transition, the transition. So I'm listening to yeah. this like, hit me, hit me. What else is there? And then you, and then you go on um, to say, you know, the only people who can fix you up when you're broke is you talk about family, you fam. And this is mm-hmm. the part that I really like about that song is because you're talking about, you know, f- fam will always be there pretty much, you know, you come together, you're going to have the munch, going to have a feed. Um, and yeah. I like how you're like, we have a munch, but you got to buy it in bulk, right? 
That's that's the only way to go. So that's funny. I love that. But then I also <laughs> like it's it always has to begin with a local. You know, you get you yeah. you come together for a feed, but it has to start with prayer always. Yep. And then from there you go from there. And then you took I like this part where you're like, um, and this is and uh, this is and re, it's related to your parents because you say you're taught to share whatever, you know, anchor butter, mm. what is river mill loaf. Um, yeah, <laughs> taught to share whatever that was word for my folks. If we don't I like this line, if we ain't listen, then my mama's aiming straight for my throat. I was like, Oh, that's yeah. it. We, yeah. we, we can relate. <laughs> I was that's like, it. I was <laughs> I was visualizing that like, oh, I see that. Yeah. And then yep. we go doing whatever to keep our parents afloat, which by yep. that stage, I was like, oh, yo, it's not even animosity. It's, you know, in the other, in the album, it's like, there's almost this like, before you were like, you're just such this disappointment where you're always, it's almost like you're never good enough. But then in this, this song, it was like, yo, 360. Cause now it's like, I can actually, I can hear that hope and it's ongoing. Mm -hmm. I can feel happiness in this song. When you talk about family, you know, you, and then you start talking about sacrifices that, my, you know, your parents make working their, you know, working their asses off for a couple of notes, but as yeah. always, they're there. They're the ones that are excited when you drop a jam. They're the ones that are there for you at the end of the show. So I was like, oh, okay, shouting out his supporters and people, super important, um, because you can't forget them. Um, yeah. And then you say, this shit right here has to be the realest thing that I wrote. And then what? this is the one that really kind of like got me feeling just super happy with you said at the end, this is dedicated to the fans, those you know, in your family, families who have passed, teachers who you now understand, your usos, and then your family. Yeah, I know there was a yeah. long explanation, but that that song no. is my favorite because nice. I've I was just like, oh man, this is this is so cool. This is there's mm. growth, there's growth. Yeah. You can see how you're now. You seem to be more confident and what you're putting out there and who you stand for and who you're representing, but even more so happy with yourself. Anyway, I'm going to let you yeah. speak to that song. Let me not yeah. get carried away. <laughs> no, you, you, you hammered it right there. Like that song there. Honestly, um, I'm, I'm going to talk to you about the, the place I was in. So when I wrote that song, I was living in a studio, in my friend's studio on a mattress on the floor. I just moved over to Queensland at the time. Um, so I, yeah, I was actually trying to get myself on my feet in Queensland at the time. So I had a book and pen and I just kept hammering away on that concept. So what I, um, what myself and Anonymous like to do was write content that other people haven't done, you know, mm. or even ever spoke about. So no doubt about it we had to separate it, break it down. So this song here has three different concepts, mm. three different verses, three different hooks on the one song. Mm. And it hasn't been done before. So the first concept is, you know, the first verse was based on my life in the streets, mm. um, what I saw and how it was. Um, and then the second verse was based on my life in the industry and how hard it was. And then the last one is now what am I all about? And it's all about mm. family. So highlighting the true value of, you know, who I am and what I do, why I do it for. Um, and also, honestly, that song, when I recorded it, I never thought it would hit the radio. 
that was probably the least expected song, probably my weakest song that I felt like, like when I when I when I put the album together, I felt like oh, no doubt about it, oh, I'm no, I don't know, I'm not feeling a hundred percent about that song. Anonymous was like, bro, that's my song. I'm like, are you sure? Like, not really digging it. I don't know if the people are ready to hear this type of song because mm-hmm. I, I was still testing the waters out myself with the way I wrote it. I'm like. Oh, I don't know, bro. It's, uh, it's a bit of a scary, scary song. But you know what? It was one of those moments. And I flew over to New Zealand for a little bit just to shoot some content. And then um, it was one of those moments. They pulled up outside my house. They knew we were going to shoot a video, but they didn't know what song it was. So mm. I came out the house, stretched out the door, and then they were like ready to go. And I'm like, okay, let's play the album. And they played the album. And they're like, what song are we going to re- film today? And then we played No Doubt. I'm like, Okay, let's shoot this video. We shot it right there and then, just went for a walk, and they were just following me the whole time. Mm. The video was so epic, you know. Um, just uh, it was all done organically. Mm. Um, how it all came to be, then um, the response of that song was crazy. Like uh, when we released the video, I think uh, David Dallas released the song during the same time on the same day. Mm. He released this song and video in the morning. And this is David Dallas we're talking about. And then I released my uh, No Doubt About a video about four o'clock in the afternoon. I doubled his numbers by six o'clock. Wow. Like within two hours. That's how the response of everyone, like when they check the song out and the mm. feedback of it, it was crazy, you know, um, that actually got me on radio. So, uh, yeah, and that song there is a, it's a, it's a long one. Everyone loves that song, so mm. um, it, was, it was it was yeah it was one of those songs for me. Like I, it's out of it. Like everyone loves the song, and I'm like, man, it's out of it. You guys got to realize the type of mentality and mindset that I was in writing that song. I was so scared, mm. like with the way I wrote that song, even the, the the situation that I was in. Like I didn't think that that song will come out the way it did, and honestly, um, yeah. That's one of the favorites that I perform. When I perform that mm. song, it goes off. Everyone loves that song. So, yeah, you nailed it with um, <laughs> how you broke it down. Like, totally broke it down. Like, that's, that's it, man. Honestly, but I love that song too. So, mm. just the way sometimes songs happen, it's just, um, it just happens organically. And it's just, mm. that song was one of those songs, you know, and um, it's, a, it's a favorite one for, for everybody. You know, and they're not mm. about it. Yeah. You know, for you, when you think about, um, because you've also dropped singles as well, um, and when you think about everything that you've put out, whether current or from the past, what is your favorite song? Uh, That must be hard to choose, right? What is your favorite of all the music that you've put out? It's difficult. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Probably... Oh, that's a hard one. Mm. That's a hard one. Probably graduated. Mm. Graduated. Um, graduated at that time. Graduated at that time. It, right. it was, I, felt, I, felt, I felt that song. I knew that that right. was my heart when I mm. wrote that song. Yeah. Um, also, how we filmed the video, the journey of shooting mm. the video and being over in the motherland. Like, like, it just felt right. It felt great. Great. But I wouldn't say it's my best song yet, though. 
Okay, so, okay, that's okay. still coming, right? That's still coming. We'll talk about that. But I, I graduated. I love graduated. Um, mm. just the process. It was fun when we shot the video. Uh, just reconnecting with our people. Uh, going to these certain places in Samoa. Just being back in the space again. It was just, mm. and I, I love the song. Just everything that I put towards the song. Even also when I when I wrote it, when I recorded it, I did one whole take. Mm. Yeah, so that was the way it happened. Um, like even smooth when even when I recorded the song, I jumped on. He was like, "Ready?" and just played the beat. He hadn't even heard it before. I just went and didn't stop until mm. the song finished, and he was like blown away, like "What the hell?" And I'm like, "Yeah, mm. I think we just created history here." And yeah. And it happened the way it happened. So, yeah, man, that'll probably be one of my favorites up there. Nice. You know, the Movement Music Academy, uh, can you tell us how long that has been running? I know that uh, in May, maybe early May, uh, you had mm. graduation, which was, yeah. looked amazing. So can you tell us a little bit about your academy and just maybe the team that um, that supports you in doing that, especially when you're, like, traveling, um, you know, and, and working around the community? Like who keeps um, that going for you? I guess. Um, yeah, uh, I have a program. So I had the program called the Movement Music Academy, and it's, uh, it was based here in Ōtara. It was held at the Ōtara Youth Club, and I had uh, twenty students mm -hmm. who signed up to, uh, to a ten-week program. And um, uh, this program was to teach our kids the difference between minor and major chords, trying to teach our children how to write with their hearts mm. and not get caught up in e egoic stuff. So um, just teaching them the importance um, of writing and also the industry stuff that they don't get taught. Uh, also teaching our kids uh, how to write their pain through music, through the creative arts. So, um, and how much it could sort of help. Because a lot of the students that I dealt with were all from different types, uh, types of trauma. So mm. I'm dealing with kids as well where they have disabilities as well. So having this all in this class um, and trying to uplift our students to having the confidence and knowing their worth and all that stuff and just releasing it through through music. Um, the program was, you know, we had a lot of, um, like we had a lot of special guests come in, uh, those who will come and aid to our students. Uh, we had APRA come in and talk about the, their money, you know, how they make money releasing content. And we also had mm. Music Helps come through and teach them about assisting them when they're ever on stage or they have a mental breakdown, knowing that there's a service like that provided for those artists. Uh, also breaking down million dollar deals to our students and, you know, um, showing them what it looks like to be a recorded uh, to a signed label artist and then showing them what it takes to be an independent artist and how much work it requires. So um, it was a good, it's it just basing it um, on through therapy and just helping our children, um, uh, just uplifting them really. And then at the end of the um, modules, they perform in front of the, the neighborhood and um, sort of, um, yeah, it was just, a, it was one of those things, you know, just having our kids out there and uh, our kids graduated as well. And um, yeah, just support them, you know, and, that was the whole thing, you know, just uh, that their whole workshop was such a great impact for our neighborhood as well. So 
uh, we're looking into creating another class soon too as well. So um, just creating that platform for our students and knowing that it's there. Um, yeah, and the music, uh, the Movement Music Academy was a success. So. Yeah, oh, awesome. And then, yeah. you know, you've um congratulations on that um that program uh with your academy. Um awesome. you know, looking forward to seeing um the continuation of that journey um just with with the young people in the community. Um you also recently launched your very own a uh, community service organization. Are you able to yes. speak a little bit about that? Um yes, I just started a we just started an organization called Move Communities. And it's based on um, all the workshops and programs that we run, uh, uplifting our students, our, our, our kids out here. Uh, that's providing all sorts of services where we go out to uh, youth justices, um, uh, engage with a lot of our students who are disengaged. Um, also, um, you know, just working around creating programs where it's based on activeness and mm. also just arts and crafts. So, but just basing it on a program where it's all pure heart and, you know, we're filling up our hearts and not our pockets. So mm. this is the type of stuff. Um, and yeah, just providing that service because within my neighborhood, it's sort of, there has, there is this thing that when someone tries to start something new, they have this attitude towards it where they feel you need to sort of create this engagement. You need to be the, you need to sell it to the people. You know, that's what I mean. We're here, people are not so more standoffish. So with me being in this position today, they know that I am a person that they could trust. They know that I am a person that's cut from the same cloth as them. And where we can, you know, where I can be that person and be, you know, just mediate where they need to be at, you know, whether it's providing them training or either um, just to get them work ready, whatever it is, or just mm. um, get, them, get them psychology, you know, or, or whatever it is, like just providing all that service for them. So um, yeah, and it's just launched, um, it's looking good. So we've got a few plans up our sleeves and you know, we're gonna start moving it between New Zealand and Australia. So um, it's exciting, it's exciting for everyone, you know, especially our children, so yeah. That's awesome, bro. Congrats again on that. That is, it's just so cool to see you um, making moves, you know, <laughs> um, but just getting in amongst it, you know, just getting out there and just really, um, man, it's, it's, it's really inspiring is, is what I want to say. And it's just so great that you can empower uh, our young people. Uh, through different platforms so that's so cool so dope um self-care i mean you know you know i know i keep saying you're out there making moves you're in the different communities you're working in different spaces uh empowering yep. others but bro how do you take care of mental health you've mentioned mental health is something that is dear to you something that especially with pacifica mental health you know there's um you know a lot of talanoa needs to go into that you know providing those spaces but for you how do you look after yourself or amongst all of the things that, you know, with everything you're doing, how do you take a step back and go, hey, I, I kind of perhaps need to focus on me right now? Mm, um, oh, self-care, man. I love that stuff. Um, um, me, uh, I like to take hikes. I, in order for me to, I always take a lot of hikes just to refill my cup. I'm high on energy. So uh, I go searching for energy all the time. Um, what do you call it? Uh, I am high in uh, being still. So I like to go to the water because um, I feel that the water keeps me calm. 
So I always have a lot of time uh, going to the water and taking my journal there. So I journal write quite a bit just mm. to sort of check in and uh, be uh, aligned with how I'm feeling. Um, also, yeah, um, just just a lot of, I like to, the things are different. I like to, yeah, I like to Bible read as well. So that's my thing. I go out to hike and Bible read and you know, journal write as well. Um, just doing, yeah, a lot of resting as well. You know, you gotta, you gotta rest. Um, yeah, just, uh, I'm very cautious of, of what my energy gets put towards to, you know, mm -hmm. um, anything that doesn't recuperate that type of energy, I ain't even putting any energy towards it. So I'm very, I, I conserve my energy quite well. So, um, yeah, in order for me to, uh, when I know that I'm not feeling great, I am aware of it. So I'm always refilling my cup. So mm -hmm. the last thing I want to do is take my 60% butt out there and give my 60% to the people when I should be giving 100. So I'm more mindful of that and I'm always aware of it. So if I'm not feeling 100, I'm not doing it. So I'm, I'm based mm -hmm. on feeling. I need to be 100 in order to do the best that I could or give the best service to the people. So... Yeah, that's pretty much me. I like to go out to the water. I like to, yeah, I like to do things that I like to do. You know what I mean? Um, that's important, man. Yeah. Super yeah, I, important. I love my massages. Okay. I love my massages. You do, you? <laughs> oh, man. You know what? The thing I think that's my, I love my facials. I love my facials. I love, you know, I like, love looking after my skin, you know, these things. Um, I don't know, call me old, but that's the type of stuff I'm getting into. I love that type of stuff. So, yeah. No judgments, bro. You got to do you. And what's what's even better is hearing that you are actually taking time for you. I mean, I think that's important for oh, someone yeah. like yourself who is just in amongst it and really trying, you know, just out there being a change maker and just being an advocate for so many uh, different people in many different spaces. I think, you know, you just got to do what makes you happy and right. it's good to know that you're taking time to look after yourself um we're, we're beginning to wrap up and i wanted to ask you about future projects goals or aspirations you know you dropped um that song with savage oh my god it's such it's so fire uh lie like that <laughs> with savage you know that song just makes me laugh so i mean obviously it's like the it's not the theme of the song is serious but what i it's the it's this idea of the posers and the pretenders, you know, people well, you know, I let me ask you to speak a little bit about that because I have a question following, but I'll let you speak about that song okay. first with Savage. Shout out um, to Savage. Yeah, shout out to Mosul Savage. Um with that song, um yeah, that's a funny song. Yeah, I, I see where you're coming from. And you know what? Um we had to take it in that type of approach, but a lot of people got offended. A lot of got, a lot of people got offended, but you know the wow. movement. Movement tells the truth on the songs. I tell the, yes. the truth on the songs, and the reason why they get offended because the shoe fits. Mm. But the reason why I wrote that song was because I deal with the students. Mm. I deal with the kids that are getting stabbed up. I'm dealing with the kids um, who are who both have parents at home, who both have cupboards full, or they have mm. their cupboards full and they got their fridges full. Their schools are being paid for. Have no reason to even to go on that left. You know, we're mm -hmm. us. We didn't have that. You know, we were unfortunate. We came from broken homes. Well, mm. these people here, sort of, you know, getting fascinated with videos, YouTube, and you know, all that type of stuff. So they start 
living a video clip in their head twenty four seven. So I dealt with the kids because I was, you know, I'm in, you know, I was in Queensland and dealing with um, a lot of, you know, kids that weren't doing too well. So, mm. um, you know, just writing the content of what I was dealing with at the time and what I'm doing. Um, hopefully, it does, you know, sort of wakes up our, you know, our children today. And um, but that's that's the way it went out. You know, a lot of the people didn't like that song. Uh, a lot of Australians didn't like that song mm. because. Uh, they felt like the shoe fit, mm. but it, it's all good. You know, uh, I got a lot of bad feedback on it, but over the US, it took off. Mm. So over in the US, the response was different. Like they they know that stuff. So yeah, yeah, that's um, um, and then we had to do the video. Once we did the video mm. with Moonboy, shout out to my bro Moonboy, he's a talented videographer. Um, we shot this video and to highlight the message, yeah, and to yeah. make sure that everyone saw it that we weren't. Um, what I'm trying to say here, because a lot of people thought it was a diss song as well. So, mm. yeah, yeah, it's crazy. But you know, that's why we had to do the visuals in order for them yeah. to see it. You know? So, um, as we um are starting to wrap up, actually, bro, I just remember there's one question, um, that I wanted to ask about that song of Savage because the song was okay. released and it says that this song is going to be on this album called cut from a different cloth wait is that for real yeah. like can i ask about that is there is there a new album yeah. dropping soon yeah there's a new album dropping soon so um the album's called cut from a different cloth it's probably my best work to date mm. um yeah um and you know how we discussed about pains and all that stuff yes. yeah, there's more of it on here so mm. this here um, and it's probably my best work to date. And this here, I, when I wrote this whole project, I was in a bad space again. I was, you know, I tend to come out of these moments when I'm in these moments, mm. you know, when I'm in this space. So, um, not dealing too well, uh, mm. was sick as well. Um, just going through a whole lot of depression. Um, just, a lot, I was just very in a dark space, but, um, this album helped me. So everything that I penned on this album was from a broken heart. So and Ooh. that's why I, this album here is it's my album. That's the one. Yeah. So uh, you know all these other things. You know you have the artists that come out and their best line of work is their first work. Mm. I, I I don't believe in that. I get better and better and better at every album. So this album here. It's great for a reason. It's gonna be great. Like I know a lot of the concepts I rap on about on this one is um is it's very strong. They got a lot of strong messages on here. It's a very powerful album, a lot of teachings. So on this album there's uh self worth, songs about self worth, there's songs about reassurance, there's songs mm -hmm. about mental health, there's songs about talking, there's songs about there's so much songs on there where we can learn and also the content on this album all the songs that are on the song i made sure every single song hits so that's right the here album. right, right in here the fatu. in the fatu bro <laughs> right here uh, well, wait so yeah. is that going to be can we expect that I, I don't know if you can say this can we expect that this year or is it coming next year can this you year. Oh, this year any specific, no, <laughs> just, so you know, like, 
I think I think being in a position of um, making music back then, I, I'm, I'm changing certain things, like mm. um, doing things that I'm not used to, mm. um, giving them a go, stepping out of my comfort zone. So me back then, move is always a 10 steps ahead type of mm. guy. So I'll plan 10 things ahead. Um, and when I do that, I I follow it through. So, But now, um, this album I have written, I have sat on it for two years. Oh, so I, I, I want to say, so I get the feeling you're going to do an Eminem. I, that's, that's, I, I think that's what you're trying to say, that you're just going to surprise us, like midnight, maybe, one night. That's, that's the feeling I'm maybe. getting. You're doing a Slim yeah, Shady maybe. on us, huh? <laughs> oh, man. But you know what? Because um, I'm just going against the grain now. Because yes, a lot I love of stuff it. That, uh, yeah, because, you know, there's rules. But I'm yeah. going against them now. I'm like, they were like, you know, you have the, you know, everyone's like releasing albums that only have ten songs. Mm. I'm like, why am I doing that? I'm not gonna do that. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go old way. I'm gonna go old school and do it the old school way. Okay. So we're from this album. There's 16 tracks on there. Ooh. Mm-hmm. And I've got a couple more surprises right after it drops. So, um, yeah. But but and saying that, but the reason why I said it. Um, when I write content and then I listen to it, I've been sitting mm-hmm. on this album for two years. But in saying that, if I was to release the album next year, it's still a great album. So when yes. I'm re- releasing, when I'm writing my content, I'm making sure that it's timeless. So this album here is going to be timeless. So now that I'm dealing with things, because I plan 10 things ahead, I'm not doing it that way. I'm doing everything like, mm, I feel like releasing a song today. Oy. You know okay, I mean? good for you. I think it's great. Like, I, I'm just egging you on here. Like, I'm like, drop it. Drop, <laughs> drop the exclusive. But I'm, I'm egging you. I'm just messing with you, bro. I'm messing with you. But you heard it here, fam. You heard it here today. Like, you just expect the unexpected. He's going to do a slim shady on us. But you know what? We love Eminem. <laughs> so I'm not even judging. I love Eminem. But, so no judgments. Yep. Um, okay, like, before we wrap up, book recommendations. You know, I like to mm. ask this. Is, do you have you read something recently that kind of really spoke to you, or do you have a favorite book that you'd like to um, recommend to our viewers? Yeah, um, uh, um, I love my reading. Um, mm. So, one of my favorite books will be uh, "Think Like a Monk" Ooh. by Jay Shetty. Ah, yes, so this yes. Is, this is a moment when Jay Shetty um, uh, gets stripped of all those material things, and he starts, uh, you know, thinking like a monk where he blocks out all the noise, everything else, and then just sort of aligning himself with his true self, um, you know, and just as it's allowing him to sort of slow down and and be mindful and see everything around, move slow. So, um, yeah, that, it's, it's, a, it's, a, it's, a, it's a good book for me, you know. It, it allowed me to actually try and strip myself from certain things where I could sort of look at, look really deep into inside to what I what I get into. So yeah, um also yeah, uh a book that I'm getting into now was the Bible. Mm. You know, you can never get um get enough of that book. So I'm learning it in the in a different age group now, being in a real probably being a more uh just yeah, just being being in a, in a different light now, just accepting the word and learning learning the word today and also applying it to my life today. So um I get excited with that book. So yeah, man. Um love heaps of books. There's a book as well called Clarity and Connection. Mm. Uh, it's, uh it's a book by a young 
uh, Pueblo. Um, and it's, um, it's a good book. It's based on clarity uh, when times of crisis or mental breakdowns and all that stuff. You can always go back to a certain channel or chapter of the book where it reflects to your actions today and it sort of reminds you of what you need to do in times of crisis. So, um, yeah, man, uh, I love books. So, yeah, yeah. So those are my favorite books so far. So, yeah. That's awesome, bro. Well, you know, we're, we've come to the time of the show. I appreciate you sharing your book recommendations. And um, before I kind of hand it back to you to drop some final words of wisdom, I just have to say, bro, it has been such an honor. <laughs> it has been such an honor to have you on the show, bro. Like, you don't even know. I, as you can tell, so excited that you were <laughs> able to come through, bro. Like, I know you're busy. Like, I know you're out there. Like I said, you are being, you're a game changer. You're really, you really are Thank for you. the people. And, and, you know, you really are out there just impacting uh, the lives of our young people. Um, so, you know, I love that you're, you're doing that, you know, and, you know, I'm a fan of your music and I know uh, there are so many of us looking forward to this next drop from you uh when that Thanks. comes whenever that will be uh when you do the m&m on us right here when you do the m&m on us we're gonna love oh, it and I, I can't wait bro i honestly cannot yeah. wait to listen to it um and you know just keep being resilient bro um yeah. you know keep speaking your truth um and just keep inspiring like you know i love that you've you've spoken continuously today about just these really rough times that you've experienced uh, throughout uh, your life, um, you know, not just an artist, but just as a human being, right? And yeah, and I love yeah. that you right. you are always so positive and so optimistic about um, that next step, uh, despite yeah. the barriers that stop you and the difficulties that kind of weigh you down. So you are truly inspirational, bro. Um, and I'm so yeah. humbled that you came here today. Um, but, you know, uh, before we finish, um, I'm going to hand it to you to drop some more um, words of wisdom. You know, what are some final words to um, perhaps um, give some hope and inspiration to our audience that are with us today? <laughs> Go ahead. <laughs> yeah, um, uh, some words of advice. Uh, ooh, uh, pretty much be still. Be still. Be kind to yourself, um, you know, and also to know your worth. No one else can tell you, you know. Uh, also, yeah, just to know your worth and um, just, uh, I know times can get tough, but, you know, tough people come out of these tough times and just uh, never give up, never give up, give up, man, because honestly, many times I've had uh, these doors close up on me, bigger doors eventually open, so pretty much just never give up and just uh, be content with yourself and love yourself, man. 